That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just watched Attack the, the Block. From the producers of Shaun of the Dead. Yo, check it. It's an invasion. Who says? It's inner city. Versus outer space. Even if it is an alien inflation, we've got nothing to worry about. It's hilarious. Believe it. Wildly entertaining. Can someone please tell me what's going on? And terrifyingly funny. We'll have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. Attack the block in cinemas May 11. It's true. This is Jeff's pick. It's uh, 2010 or 2011, depending on the source. 2011 is when I first saw it. Yeah, IMDb listed it as 2011, but we watched it on uh, Screen Picks, I think it's the... Stream Picks. Stream Picks. It's a cable channel, and uh, it listed it as 2010 for some reason, so Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they they messed up. Maybe it came out in 2010? It may have come out in 2010 somewhere. Maybe or something. I know they filmed it in 2010, but I think it came out in 2011. Listen, Mm -hmm. it came out really late 2010, because like... I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe they came out like New York and L.A. in 2010. Yeah, it's one of those deals. So wide release 2011. Let's stick with that. Yeah. 2011's Attack the Block. Um, Jeff, you picked this one. Mm-hmm. Why was it your choice? Well, I saw this movie when it came out originally. Not in the theater. I, uh, I waited for it to be on demand or something i can't even remember if i how i rented it somehow i saw it when it in 2011 when i lived in california somebody's knocking on my door hang on a second (laughs) (laughs) oh that's annoying (laughs) who was it it was a door-to-door window salesman Place my window. I know she had the original windows, and I'm like, I'm doing something. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it like that. I was just like, No, nah, I'm good, dude. I don't even own this place. I'm renting. Uh. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Attack of the Clones. So <laughs> when Anna can't no, um, twenty. Why did I? Yeah. Why? Why? Why was this your choice? Um, I saw it when it came out, and I really liked it. And um, it's one of those movies I kind of tell people about sometimes. It's like one of those... It's a good one to, to tell people about who aren't super into horror movies. Because it, it rides a line of like horror and sci-fi, you know? Mm. And the horror isn't like super scary or anything. So, uh, and it's just like a fun movie, I thought. I remember really liking it. And I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I was like, oh, that'll be a good one to watch for the podcast. So, Yeah, Kia, what about you? What's, what's your experience with this movie? Um, I saw it a few years ago um, after it came out in my apartment. I just rented it or streamed it or something. Um, cause I, had, I don't remember when it came out or I don't remember it being in the theater, um, but I just heard at some point that it was good, so I watched it. Mm. I liked it. I didn't remember much going back into it on second viewing other than that. I knew it involved aliens and John Boyega, but that's, that's all I had really remembered. Right. But I do remember when I first saw it, liking it. What's similar to you guys. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in 2011 as well, like pretty close to when it came out or when it was first available, uh, you know, on video or whatever. 
And it's weird because I remember liking it as well, but it's not one that I've ever felt the need to revisit or, and it's not really one that comes up in conversation very often. Like, like with people that love sci-fi and horror, I'm kind of surprised after watching it again last night that it's not in the forefront of more recommendations and more kind of like, Hey, you know, at this point, 10 years on, this is a little off the beaten path, but you should really check it out. I'm surprised it's not a bigger part of the conversation with it, with this kind of subgenre of like, you know, sci-fi horror or that sort of thing. So I bet it would be though, if there's like a, an article or a discussion on top 10 sci-fi movies, the past 10 years or in the 21st century, yeah, that I sort think of it thing. Yeah. Be brought up. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it overall it's just a really fun movie, and it and it, it has elements uh, that remind me of like '80s kind of uh, like kid sci-fi horror movies, kind of like in the same vein as like Explorers and ET and stuff like that. But like it's like one of those movies, but in a different setting, you know. Well, and the and, aliens are antagonistic instead of friendly. Yeah, I guess I it guess. is almost right. like ET if ET was a monster. Right. And yeah. all he brought all his family, they were all <laughs> monsters too. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's on a smaller scale like normally with these alien invasion movies it's like huge ships coming over and destroying, you know, the, mm. the White House and all this stuff, but it's just I like yeah. how it's just a small local story. It's, it's only affecting like this group of kids and no one believes in that these aliens are there and they're just having to you know, fight these things on their own because no one seems to want to help them, and th- that lady will not let them call. The, or no, they won't let that lady call the cops. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it is I, mean, I don't cool. know how, how much the the cops could have done anyway. But <laughs> it is kind of cool because usually in these types of movies, the military gets involved, and they're you know the adults have to get involved and mess things up. But yeah, in this one, it's just kind of confined to a high rise apartment building <laughs> yeah it's 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 very small scale and it, it definitely benefits from that uh do we want to give a brief synopsis i mean does that feel necessary yeah i mean it's uh these these alien this alien hits uh crash lands on earth on a uh on, on a car next to these kids that are, are mugging a lady yes uh, it's probably a group of like five or six kids mm-hmm. and then they uh they're young they, teenagers they're like yeah. 14 15 around in there i guess yeah, and then they they kill the alien and take it back to their drug dealer's house, <laughs> and then they start noticing that like more of these aliens are are uh, are landing on Earth, but they look different from the one that they killed. And then now they're being chased by these aliens, and the whole rest of the movie is just action of them fighting these aliens off. And uh, so yeah, that's that's actually a really good straightforward synopsis. I mean, I guess the only other things to note if you if you're fresh to this is uh, it takes place in England, right? Um, I'm not right, sure what yeah. part, um, but it's just kind of a cityscape uh, in the UK, and I it's, think it's on like Guy Fawkes, South Fox, London, or something. South London, yeah, and um, it's on Guy Fawkes Night. Is that what it's called? Um, oh, I missed that part. That's why there's uh, fireworks and everything and shenanigans going on. Is it's. Uh, uh, you know the uh, is it remember remember the fifth of November? That's how the limerick oh. goes, I think. Yeah, and um, you said they they had mentioned it was just Halloween. Yeah, that Halloween was like the week before or something. Someone mentioned um, when they were carrying around the alien, and someone was like, "What? What is?" You know, thinking it was some kind of weird prop or whatever. Yeah. 
And that's how, like, no one else really noticed that these things were landing on Earth because it was they were shooting fireworks off as these yeah. things were landing. So it yeah. just kind of looked like... I, I thought that was, that. that was a really cool uh, idea that these aliens, they didn't have a traditional spacecraft. They were, like, mm-hmm. coming in somehow uh, riding comets or but they kind of implied maybe you know solar waves or some kind of yeah. weirdness uh, that and they just come individually apparently like one at a time they're dropping down yeah they're just kind of like randomly floating through space and then it's almost like a virus or something like you know the one lands on whatever planet they're on and then they breed and then take mm. over that way I suppose is what the idea is yeah they, they kind of set up the concept when uh, they're at the drug dealer's apartment and they're watching like a nature video and it mentions or a nature show and it mentions uh, some sort of hornet or some kind of insect the female you know if it finds a place hospitable it'll emit all these pheromones and then the males will show up to start like a colony or whatever yeah. so i think they were kind of you know setting up the idea that's what these aliens are doing as well so what, it's just like one female for all these men yeah i mean uh that's how insects work you know with like a queen oh. of a colony yeah. uh interesting the the females usually are just the worker bees and they're like kind of sexless but the the one queen is the one that has sex with all the drones the the men the males rather so I love the the look of the aliens in this too because like typically in a, a movie where aliens are taking over they look like you know the xenomorph or whatever from sure. Alien or like they're very kind of like insect like or you know but slimy these, these look yeah, yeah but these look like basically like a cross between like a bear and a gorilla you know and just all you, and I love how they're just they're so mysterious looking even when you see a shot of them full on you're, you still can't really tell what they are because they're just so black like their fur is like the blackest they're black like, like yeah they're ink blots almost yeah, yeah yeah the female one was kind of slimy she she was yeah. like white fur or something oh, yeah oh, kind of grimy and gross I, I think was it fur no you might be right no, I thought, I I thought just, some, yeah. I thought something was growing on her huh. in the weed room but that um, might be the pheromone stuff, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she looked different than the yeah. Speaking of, speaking of that scene, it was funny because so my friend came over to watch it with me the other night, uh, my friend Marshall, and we were like, uh, you got to that scene where they the kids uh, they they escape this attack from the some of the aliens, and they steal the police van. And they they're trying to go back to the apartment and they end up hitting their like the head drug dealer guy's car. And he's like, what is going on with this, bruv? Why you hit my car? (laughs) And so they get out and they're trying to tell him like, hey, you know, there's aliens chasing us and all this stuff. And he's like, I don't want to hear another thing about aliens. It's like, you mean like that alien we just took to your house like (laughs) 10 minutes ago? Like Mm. for some reason they brought an alien, like a dead alien to his house and put it in his weed grow room. And then (laughs) even put like sunglasses on it, was playing with it. Right. right. Like there's aliens coming. He's like, what's all this bullshit about aliens? Like, (laughs) Why why is this so hard for you to believe? We just brought one to you. They didn't think it was an alien. They thought it was a puppet or something that he made. Cause like the heavy set drug dealer guy that was with him was like, Oh, you got mad skills. Oh, that's true. So they, they thought it was something he had just made. He didn't tell them it was an alien. But then later, the drug dealer guy gets into an elevator and kills one of them brutally, and he's, like, covered in blood. And then later on, like, a little while after that, he runs into all the kids, and they're like, there's a bunch of aliens behind you. He's like, I'm not falling for that. It's like, what does it take for this <laughs> guy to point, believe that there's fucking aliens? <laughs> at that point, for sure. He's definitely way more concerned that... 
because he sees John Boyega, because he, 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 he made him. He decided when John Boyega left the alien with him, the, the head drug dealer was like, you're going to work for me. Mm. And so the next time he sees Boyega, he's been arrested and they're escaping, driving the police car. So I guess he thinks that John Boyega turned on him or did something. So well, at that point, yeah. he's way more concerned about killing Boyega than he is about <laughs> the aliens. Well, and I think he, from his POV, also th- these kids fighting the aliens are bringing down heat of police swarming his block. (laughs) You know what I mean? So he's thinking like, I'd rather, you know, his priorities are not. Yeah. I mean, he's worried about police showing up and the feds (laughs) or whatever showing up and, uh, and not super concerned with the aliens, which yeah, that you think he would be. Yeah. You would think he'd be like, this is a great distraction. No one's going to be concerned about a drug dealer, but yeah, yeah, Mm. he's, he's not the brightest. (laughs) (laughs) And that, also, that's that kind song of a, he wrote is terrible. The kind of little theme is, uh, you know, it's five or six of these kids hanging out together, and there's some other minor characters that are even younger, you know, running around, and it's kind of a lack of supervision, right? These, these, you, I don't even think you see any parents. of their parents or guardians or anything like that. They're, they're mentioned and heard a little bit, but you never actually see them. You see um, one. You see, like, that. I don't know any of their names except for Moses. That's Boyega's character. But the the white kid, you see Pest, his, I think his grandparents name. or something. Oh, he I has know. like a he has like a grandparent yeah. or someone sitting on the couch. Oh, oh yeah, there was that that one kid who was like when they were went back to their apartments to get their weapons and their fireworks and stuff. <laughs> one of them was talking to their parent. Well, yeah. And is that the one that I makes them? If you actually see them? Yeah, I was about to say. I think th- that's the one that uh, a dad or someone says, "Take the kid." You know, you got to take the dog out with you, or right. whatever. Yeah. But you never really see him. Uh, poor Pogo, R.I.P. Uh, the dog is just one of the first victims <laughs> of the aliens. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing is like a lot of times in horror movies, they'll they'll create characters that are so hateable that when they get killed, you're like, "Yeah, I'm glad you died." They kill off characters you really like in this movie, mm. <laughs> but not too many. There's only like two or two or three. I think there's like I know there's two kids in the group that get killed, but yeah, and they're kids too. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of sci-fi movies with kids, they're not gonna kill the kids because it's they're still kids, and it's a you know. We, no one likes to kill kids it's, in it's movies. It's extremely <laughs> taboo in, in English language films for some reason to have kids get killed, unless it's The Blob in 1988. That one notoriously <laughs> has some kids get eaten by The Blob, and it's very grotesque and, and gory. But, uh, yeah, like, it, and it, I think you're right, Jeff, that it's it's super disarming, especially when the first kills, when one, one of the kids gets killed. I don't, I, we shouldn't say who. I mean... Just to avoid spoilers, but there are casualties, and it's it was very like whoa, like I you know I was kind of surprised they went there, and uh, yeah. they do it in a pretty brutal way, but it's not graphic, but there's implied violence with a, mm-hmm. a helmet splitting, you know, where you just think, oh man, yeah. like that was like severe, but it, yeah, they uh, they do a good job of not making it too gory, like there's yeah. they could be way bloodier than it is, so which I appreciate that they didn't go that far with it. <laughs> yeah. I do think it kind of, not parallels, but kind of 
it's like a pre-Stranger Things type of hmm. movie where you have, you know, they're not opening other dimensions and there's not a big government conspiracy, but you do have aliens and obviously kids that are fighting them. And so that kind of, I don't know, feels like if you like Stranger Things, you should like attack the block too. There is a little bit of crossover there. Yeah. yeah. And um, the lady that they mug, um, I think her name is Jodie Whittaker. I think Hold she's on, got the, here the new Doctor Who, unless there's been a new Doctor Who since that. I don't watch Doctor Who, so I might be mm. wrong. But you're, you're right. Her name's uh, Jodie Whittaker, and she is the current yeah. Doctor Who incarnation. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. She's in this, and she kind of becomes, they do mug her at the beginning, um, and it turns out she lives in the same high-rise building that they do, and she eventually teams up with them and helps them mm. and stuff. Um, and they mentioned later that, you know, if we had known you lived here, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have... <laughs> when have mugged you. So, and they joke later that uh, when they're looking through her things, they discover that she's a nurse or like a nighttime nurse or something. Yeah. And they're like, they never have money. Like they're like yeah. super disappointed that they bothered someone that was kind of poor or whatever. Um, it's just kind of interesting that as, because they're, I guess they mug people that they don't think live there, mm. but in a way, like they're the original attackers of the block. Oh. Yeah. And then when the aliens come, now they finally defend it. So hopefully their takeaway is that, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be uh, attacking where we where we live. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll go at least uh, the neighborhood over and be like, all right. No. <laughs> yeah, I saw an interview with, what was it? It was like a behind-the-scenes video I found on YouTube where they, uh, the director, the writer-director was talking about where he got the idea for the movie, and he said, like, he lived in that area when um, uh, that movie Signs came out, that M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, right. And he was thinking, like, I wonder what would happen. He's like, man, if a, if an alien landed in my neighborhood, like, I think the neighborhood kids would just fuck them up. And then he was like, oh, that's, that's an idea for a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually really genius. I wonder, yeah. Joe Cornish is the guy's name, the writer, director, yeah. and this is his first, like, feature or whatever. I think he'd done some television before this, but uh, which is pretty amazing to me. Um but uh, I wonder if, uh, you know, hearing that, I wonder if his proxy is that one kind of um, posh kid, the one that, like, lives at home with his parents and is always listening to his headphones. And, you know, he goes upstairs to uh, buy weed, but he's, like, obviously super intimidated by everyone. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, I wonder if that's kind of his little, uh, you know, stand-in or whatever is maybe when he was a younger guy, that's kind of how he felt, you know, living in that neighborhood or something. I don't know. Mm. I think, uh, so no one's going to understand this. Maybe you might, but, like, there's a kid in the movie that looks identical to my nephew. (laughs) Oh. Uh, It's the one in the, um... The trash can? That ends up in the dumpster (laughs) or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I could see that. And that's what I was going to bring up about him being in the dumpster is, like, (laughs) at the end of the movie, um, you know, he's... He's trying to tell everyone, like, no, Moses is the hero. He saved us from these aliens. Mm. And, I'm, like, I was watching it with my friend. I was like, how the hell would he know? He was in a garbage dumpster the entire movie. <laughs> he just got out and was like, wait, what's going on? Well, he, he saw he, the explosion, though. He probably just, I think he just has faith in his friend. And he sees his friend yeah. getting arrested. And he knows he would have done the right thing. And, yeah. uh, you well, know. It's just funny that he's, it, he's acting as if, like, he was with him the whole time. He's like an audience surrogate. Yeah. He did yeah, see like, him kill. He has like, no idea. He just kind of, he just showed up there like, what's going on? Oh, I, I think my friend did all this. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> Moses was this. the only one that actually killed any of them other than like the two little kids. 
Yeah. You might be right. Yeah. I didn't really keep track, but There's I think you might be right. There's two little kids that are trying to run with the, the bigger kids. Mm-hmm. They're like eight years old. They call yeah. themselves Pyro and Mayhem or something? No, I don't think it was quite that. One was Mayhem, for was sure. Was it? Um, and then what? The other kid, I thought. Probs or probes. Props. Yeah, yeah. Props and Mayhem. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway. And I do think it's interesting that this movie is a sci-fi movie that takes place in, an, uh, I guess, an urban environment, because it does mm. seem like sci-fi horror movies tend to be in the middle of nowhere. Suburbs. Or yeah. in really nice towns like Haddonfield and <laughs> yeah. um, or on Elm Street or something. Yeah, in suburbs. They don't really go to, like, urban inner cities. It's usually the horror movies about the inner city is about, like, drugs and gangs <laughs> yeah. and not, like... I would imagine monsters and sci-fi or aliens, they would attack cities. I mean, they want to kill people. That's where you're going to have the most amount of people is going to be in a freaking high-rise building. Mm. So it kind of makes sense. Maybe more movies should do that. Well, there's plenty of opportunities to feature those types of characters in something like, say, Independence Day, uh, you know, where an alien invasion is, like, nationwide. Like, it is kind of interesting that they never try to focus in on a group you know, of kids or young people that are in that scenario along with it. But, um, that's definitely something that helps make this fresh. Um, I, I you know, watching it, I kind of wonder how much of the lingo is still current, you know, cause as an outsider looking in, like it sounded very foreign and, and weird to me, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure at the time and, you know, 2010, 2011, like young people watching it were probably like, Holy crap. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this actually sounds like how we talk. Cause apparently the director had people on set, that actually lived in the neighborhood and stuff like that and were the actual appropriate age. And some of them were, you know, bit players and featured in the background and that sort of thing that they advised to kind of make it sound, you know, tighten up the dialogue and stuff like that. So, yeah. When we were watching it the other night, my friend was, uh, you know, he was like, is this movie based on a comic book? And I was like, I don't think so. And he goes, he's like, it just looks like a comic book movie. Like it looks like it's kind of shot the same way. And I was like, Hmm. Oh yeah, I hadn't even really noticed that. Uh, but I think didn't that Joe Cornish guy go on to do something with Ant Man? Like he worked on that movie later. I I don't I don't know. I don't, off the top of my head, I'm not really sure. Um, I I think he did help Edgar Wright do a draft of his version that mm-hmm. survived once Edgar Wright left. Like that script was still floating, and they kind of revamped it. So I don't think he actively worked on the final product. But oh, okay. I'm sure some of his ideas made it into you know the Ant Man movie. I, I, I don't know that he's only had one other movie since then, and it was like kind of a kids movie about King Arthur. So I, I don't know what's happened to this guy, why he hasn't just knocked it out of the park. Because I feel like he should have made at least two more movies, uh, you know, since then. But mm. yeah, I feel like he started off strong with this one. He had a like, yeah. really good idea, and he made a great movie with it. And, yeah, uh, I agree. I and it's like it's just a fun movie. Like there's no. Com- there's no like super complicated plot or anything it's just real straightforward and it's fun and the characters are you know likable most of them like they they start off not likable because they're they start off mugging some lady but then by the right. end you love them like, well and that, that's what i was going to bring up with john boyega and something i don't think i realized when i saw it you know 10 years ago is um like he's really good performance in this. Like, I think he does a great job of kind of understated and stoic and like, there's never a moment really where like, I I feel like in a lesser director and a lesser actor, 
there would have been moments where the character openly feels sorry for himself or like, you know, makes a bigger deal about his lot in life. But Boyega plays it very straight and like tight lipped. You know what I mean? There's kind of, there's something about him that he's got grit or whatever. Right. Even though he's super young and uh, like, you know, there's a couple of scenes like, you know, some of his slang, like I'll allow it or, or I think he just says allow it, you know, like little moments. This, I think he's really a cool hero, like a really, uh, yeah. like at the end, you know, when he's, you know, being arrested and blamed for a lot of the mayhem, like I felt something. It wasn't just like, you know, watching a regular, um, alien movie, uh, you know, that was kind of fun. Like there was like a moment where I kind of thought like, Oh, like, you know, that, that kind of sucks. Um, and, uh, not to bring star Wars into this, but, uh, <laughs> I think he was just totally wasted in star Wars. Like, like yeah. watching his performance there, I was like, I don't understand how they didn't do more with him in star Wars and make his character more interesting. I think they kind of set it up with the first one, the force awakens a little bit, but then they just lost it and he just became comic relief and like a silly doddering character. Yeah. He's a lot sillier in the star Wars universe than he is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember thinking the same thing because when I, when I heard he got cast in star Wars, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I love that guy in attack the block. Like Mm -hmm. that'll, I was, I was imagining that character in the star Wars universe. Oh, that would be cool. But then you see him and he's kind of, you know, a goofball. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see his take on like a conflicted Jedi. uh, You know what I mean? That doesn't know which side he kind of wants to fall under or wants to go his own path or whatever. I think Mm -hmm. that would have been really cool. But instead he just, went to a casino and <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, Oh man, they just, they dropped it. They just, uh, well, but anyway, um, looking forward to more stuff from him though. Now that he's outside yeah. of star Wars, maybe he'll get to kind of, uh, straighten the path and kind of do like a Ewan McGregor thing where it's like as, as a young dude, he made a lot of money off star Wars. And then from there on out, he can just do independent movies and weird stuff, stuff that he's passionate about and not have to worry yeah. about money for the rest of his life. So, Good for him. Cool. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, well, he is going to be in a movie called Rebel Ridge that directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Oh. And produced by many people, including Macon Blair. Oh. Um, So that's promising. It says it's going to be on Netflix, and it also stars Don Johnson, who I've really come to like, Don Johnson. He's a really, you know, great actor. The only thing I really knew about him up until a few years ago was Miami Vice, and then he kind of popped back up this really... I know he was in Nash Bridges, but I I never watched that, so I just Mm. had Miami Vice in mind, and then he pops up in some movie we watched, I forgot, and he was very gr- grizzled, and, right, right. and then he was in Watchmen. Watchmen, he was great in that. He's just yeah. really good, so yeah. Rebel Ridge, that could be a... Rebel Ridge. I don't even know what it's about. Blair. I just Ooh. know who's Ooh. you know directing it. Yeah. I'm excited about Sonier. that. So. That's, yeah. a, that, that's yeah. an old school, Blue Ruin. That's one of our first episodes, yeah. was one of their one of their joints. So that's, that's awesome. That's like worlds colliding. I'm yeah. looking and forward to that. On the list on Wikipedia, at least on the cast list, he's listed first. So he's obviously uh, like a main person. Very nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> when, when does that come out? It's, it's to be announced. Oh. On Wikipedia. But it's, it's when in their Netflix deal, I guess. Yeah. I think they've got a couple. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. I'm going to see if there's a trailer for that. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. And, uh, and it's called Rebel Ridge. It could be like a race thing. I don't know. But I, I, I kind of feel like they wouldn't. Well, no, I, mean, I guess Green Room oh, kind of yeah. had some issues with that. So they might they might go there. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. But I, th- I think those are the that's a, a good team. Yeah. So on that note, things to look forward to. What about a grade for Attack the Block? Jeff, why don't you kick us off? Oh, like a B plus maybe? Hmm. Or no? Hmm. I thought you. I thought you would give it higher. Well, I like it. It's just um, no. I'll give it an A. Peer pressure. Straight A. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he started to doubt it before he finished. So A from Jeff, Kia, how about you? I would also give it an A, yeah, solid A. I, I think very early on in the podcast, I had read that in a podcast like this, you're supposed to have conflicting point of views because people don't want to listen to people that all agree all the time. <laughs> but I totally, I totally agree with you guys. Like, I, I think an A is the appropriate. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't put it the very, very, very upper echelon, but just solid start to finish and a lot of promise and all these people just starting out that I want to see show back up again. So I think that's a great sign of a good movie. So, yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, I would give back to the future an a does attack the block. (laughs) Is that at the same level? (laughs) It's, not quite Back to the Future, but it's still really good. So I think I'd put it in that same well, category. It's, it's like uh, I think are really really good. Yeah, it's it's like the very low of an A. It's it's yeah. Well, no, that would be an A minus. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Stick with that A. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed, reviewed Attack, Attack the, the Block. block. Searching for food for the pot, and they'll do anything to pull that gap. Lord, in the streets is getting hot, and the youth that might get so cold. Searching for food for the pot. It is time once again for. Okay, half-ass horror trivia, Close Encounters edition. You may have seen that one coming. (laughs) This is all going to be about aliens. Mm. Question one for Kia. What film featuring an alien had the longest ever theatrical run for over a year? Mm. Longest theatrical run. E.T.? You are correct. I was about to say Independence Day. <laughs> I think uh, Jeff knew that one very much because yeah. he was like waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember that being in the theater for a long time. And as I like, got a little older, I was like, did I remember that wrong? Because I was really little when that movie came out. But I seem to remember it just never always being in the movie for oh, yeah. a little kid. Question two this is for Jeff. What child actor lost a part in E.T. because her father reportedly turned it down? This is a tough one. Wow. This is like a famous actress? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a name, yes. Okay. Um, famous might be pushing it slightly, but it's definitely <laughs> someone you've heard of and know. Well, I'm going to need the uh, multiple choice. Okay. A, Reese Witherspoon. B, Feruza Balk. C, Juliette Lewis. D, Jennifer Connelly. 
I'm going to say Feruza Ball. Incorrect. It was Juliette Lewis. I don't get a chance. Oh, I'm so sorry. <sighs> okay. My fault. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't have guessed her anyway. I would have guessed Reese Witherspoon probably. Yes, it was Juliette Lewis, and uh, her father is Jeffrey Lewis, who was in Night of the Comet, our last movie. Oh. So a little connection there. But yeah, supposedly he uh, urged or just turned it down outright and didn't let her take the part. So she would have played, obviously, Drew Barrymore? Yeah, but... I would have thought she was older than Drew Barrymore, but I guess Juliet Lewis? No. Yeah. I think they're roughly the same age. Because oh. she was playing, um, like, 15-ish in Cape Fear, and that was about 10 years later. So she would have been, oh. you know, yeah, okay. roughly the right age. That was all, that's all reportedly, by the way. So she may have just said that passingly in an interview. I don't know how hmm. accurate that is. But I sabotaged Jeff. That's all that matters. Question three, Rakia. <laughs> Who was originally cast as the Predator before dropping out? Jeff knows this one as well. He's oh. going nuts. <laughs> he was originally cast as the Predator yes, before dropping out. Yes, he was the out. titular character. But he dropped out. Hulk Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Not a bad guess, actually. Jeff, would you like the options or like to steal? Uh, I will steal and say Jean-Claude Van Damme. You are correct. Oh, he would have been doing splits and everything. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was actually on set in, this, in like a mocap style suit. They, they were going to do the special effect of, you know, the uh, invisibility on him. I think you told me that because yeah. we watched a couple of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. <laughs> but yeah, he, he oh, dropped yeah. out because A, the suit was really hot. He didn't really understand what he'd be doing. And they realized that he was only like five foot eight, and all the uh, main actors were like at least six foot two. And he would have so. wanted to wear his pants way too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I also I saw, also saw something where he was saying that when he was in the suit, it's just like a red suit, right? Like you said it was gonna be it's like mocap style. And he just was like, "Is this gonna be some kind of like silly B movie? Like I don't, <laughs> this isn't the kind of movie I want to make. I want to be in real movies." <laughs> <laughs> and then he went off to do blood sport. Yeah. Number four, this is for Kia. Jeff. No, oh, it's for me. Oh, excuse me. Number four for Jeff. Cool. Ray Bradbury proclaimed this movie to be the best science fiction film ever made. Oh, wow. Hmm. Best science fiction film ever made. Hmm. I'll need the options. A, Alien. B, Superman. C, Forbidden Planet. D, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'll say Close Encounters. You are correct. Oh. Interesting. Number five for Kia. A Boy's Life was the cover name of what film while it was shooting? Obviously a, a sci-fi film. Yes. A Boy's Life was the cover name. Yes. He said. It's like what they shot under so they wouldn't have anyone notice Jeff also proclaimed that he knew this he was like waving (laughs) sci-fi is it possible that you have the same answer more like the same answer for more than one question I'm gonna say flight of the navigator (laughs) what (laughs) incorrect that that is a good guess yeah it was a good guess it's gonna okay Jeff 
E.T.? Yes, you're Oh, correct. you tricked me. How did I trick you? You're not supposed to have the same answer. <laughs> oh, man. I, that's why I knew it was going to be that, but I was like... I know. And that spot of the Navigator also makes sense. Mm. Another little bit of trivia. If uh, yes. we watch Back to the Future, when uh, Marty comes back to 1985 and he runs the time machine into the movie theater, mm-hmm. the movie on the marquee is A Boy's Life, which is a reference to E.T. Oh. Huh. The, um... On Gremlins, the marquee also says "A Boy's Life." Uh, Maybe at that's one what point. I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm thinking because it's the same theater. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Maybe they never changed it. They just shot both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I may, I may be, I may be just getting the movies mixed up. Might have been Gremlins. I was thinking. Of. Uh, whose question is it? I've lost track. Oh, it's uh, Jeff, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's question six. No, yes. boy, it's mine. Yeah. So question six for Jeff. More ammunition was used in this film than any previous movie. Is it Predator? Incorrect. Good guess, but incorrect. Kia, would you like to steal? Um, alien? <laughs> incorrect. You could have asked for the... Uh... I know I could have, okay. but I'm trying to incorrect. come up. Uh, it was Starship Troopers. Oh, oh. Number seven. That makes sense. For Kia. Carrie Hinn, the child actor that played Newt in Aliens, later landed a career in what profession as an adult? Um, special effects. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. Newt from Aliens. What did she become, Jeff? Have a guess. Uh, a veterinarian. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, it was a teacher. She became a teacher. No. Um, that veterinarian was one of the options, though. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight. This is going to be for Jeff. According to Danny Elfman, Bernard Herrmann's score to what film inspired him to become a composer? Options. A, Forbidden Planet. B, Invaders from Mars. C, The Day the Earth Stood Still. D, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Let's say The Day the Earth Stood Still. You are correct. Good guess. Uh, He used uh, theremins. For Kia, what alien film features Jack Nicholson as a president of the United States? Mars Attacks. You are correct. <laughs> this is number 10. This is the final question for Jeff. Oh, wow. On average, how many UFO sightings are reported worldwide every year? Oh. I'll need the options for that one. Mm-hmm. A. 10,000, B, 50,000, C, 500, D, 1,000. I'll say 1,000. Incorrect. Kia, would you like to steal? What are the options? 10,000, 50,000, 500. 
500. Incorrect. It's 10,000. Wow. <laughs> Worldwide. I have, well, okay, the winner is Jeff. The score is <laughs> six to four. But I have a suggestion for future quizzes because if I had gotten that right and I got two points, yes. I could have tied it. Yes. But because Jeff just wanted the choices, that would have meant I would have been down to one point. So I think if you steal, you should be able to still get the two points. Not if you get the multiple choice, though. But I'm saying, but the person who steals, it wasn't their choice to get the multiple choice. I think that's just how the yeah, chips fall. Oh. Yeah, but you still, you still get multiple choice regardless. <laughs> Fine. It's, a, it's an advantage. <laughs> The temperature has dropped here at <laughs> Half-Ass Horrorcast Manor. Well, congratulations, Jeff, on winning Half-Ass Horror Trivia. And Kia, thank you for being a gracious <laughs> loser. Hmm. Hello. This is Dracula Gottfried. And you are listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast, a show that is so bad that it's frightening. It's more painful to listen to this show than to get a stake through the heart. The Half-Assed Horrorcast. Moving on to a segment I like to call What's Making Us Scared, in which the Half-Ass Horrorcast crew discuss things in the horror genre, or maybe just things in life, that are making them scared slash interested slash wanting to tell our listeners about. Kia, since we ended on a dour moment in trivia, why don't you kick us off with yet another dour observation? Aww. Well, what's making me scared are three things that I loved growing up, kind of coming to a sour note all at the same time. <laughs> One of those things is Saved by the Bell. Love Saved by the Bell. After school, I would watch every episode, seen every episode, had the board game, watched Saved by the Bell the college years, their TV movies, tried to watch the new class, but it just wasn't the same. Um, so one is Dustin Diamond dying, obviously, Extremely sad because I never thought anyone from Say It by the Bell would die anytime soon, let alone mm. one of the teenagers. So that was sad. Um, and it was very, it was kind of like he had an announcement that he was ill, and then it was just like he was literally dead very like fast. two weeks later. Yeah. And I read that, you know, he had had like a, a growth on his neck or whatever for a while, but didn't go to the doctor because whenever he would go out, people would gossip and make jokes about him. So it's kind of sad that someone would not go get treatment because of tabloids and press and the public. So I can only imagine you'd be ultra sensitive if you, you know, had grown up that way and everything and under that kind of scrutiny. So, and so the second thing, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I mentioned Marilyn Manson on the podcast. I was also a big fan of him. 
growing up, and he's apparently just a horrible, horrible yeah, person. It's not just a persona for the stage, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> the first, I would always defend him and say, that's just, you know, yeah, that's just a stage persona. When he is interviewed, he's a very intelligent person, and he can still be an intelligent person, but be also a horrible person. And even when the first kind of thing came out about him, I was still kind of like, oh, you know, when you get into a relationship with Marilyn Manson, it's kind of like, I just assume you're just down for the craziness. But then more and more stuff came out, and I was just like, okay, so he's just a crazy person, I guess. So that kind of sucks. Mm. Um, I have... I, uh not a Marilyn Manson person at all, but I, I did picture him being kind of like an Alice Cooper type of guy that had this big screen persona or whatever stage persona. And then in his real life is like kind of a square dorky guy. That's kind of what I imagined. So I, it was still pretty shocking to me that he was apparently a really terrible person. So I never thought he was square and dorky. I just definitely didn't think he was right this yeah, <laughs> where he's yeah. being investigated by the police and the potentially the FBI. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I'm a huge Buffy fan and a Joss Whedon fan. So when all that stuff came out about him not being the best person with Ray Fisher, I kind of blew it off as like, Oh, the actor that played cyborg and the justice. Yeah, League. yeah. They got in, they just got into something Whatever Joss Whedon has worked on so many things with so many people on multiple different occasions. So, obviously, it's fine. Um, and he had no problems with Marvel, as far as we, we know. Um, but then when Chris McCarpenter came out, and even that didn't really bother me that much because I had heard things with between her and, and Joss Whedon before from the when they were on Angel. So I was like, oh, they just kind of got into it. Again, he's worked with so many of the same actors on multiple projects. If he's this bad of a person, why would people continue to work with him? But then more things came out and where Michelle Trachtenberg said he wasn't allowed to be in a room alone with her. And it's just like, oh. So it kind of sucks. You know, you for, like your favorite TV shows and things like that, they are people. But you, you just assume that what you see on TV, or you just assume that everyone's getting along so great. Things behind the scenes must be so amazing. But it's just like any other job, I guess, it's, mm. you know. So, so yeah, so I was like, three things that I loved growing up have all just kind of been soured. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, for it had some reasons. down notes, yeah. For different reasons. Right, and now you can't revisit them feeling quite the same way, for a while at least, so. Although I Marilyn guess. Manson, I guess, is done, right? I mean. I mean. Oh, you're still going to listen to it. I haven't bought new Marilyn Manson in years, <laughs> but I mean, I still have his music. At some yeah. point, I would imagine I might listen to it again. I haven't. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, about a, a week before all that came out, my I went to my friend's house and he was playing the new Marilyn Manson album. And he was like, have you heard this? And I was like, no. He's like, it's really good. He's like, it was uh, <laughs> produced by Waylon Jennings' son, uh, Shooter Jennings. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh. And, like, what I heard, I really liked. I was like, wow, this is really good. It sounded very, like, different from what he normally did. Cut to you know, Ikea we, going out yeah, to buy an album. <laughs> <laughs> but he was going to be in, like, a creep show episode, and that's going to get scrapped. And, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. That's a bummer, to say the least. 
And then uh, Joss Whedon, I guess, is just done. I think he's been done but, for a minute, but that's the official death nail, I think. Hopefully they'll keep at least doing the comics because his name is on them, but I don't think he he doesn't write them. I don't think the you Buffy I mean? brand will, will yeah. die anytime soon. Yeah. If, and it shouldn't because a lot more people went into Buffy than just yeah, one guy. It's a collaborative thing for sure. So, yeah. Well, Jeff, bring us up. What's making you scared <laughs> this episode? Uh, my dog died. No, mm. um, <laughs> I just we saw him burst out the laughter. Wee! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, they uh, they released a trailer for the new season of Creep Show. Thank you for coming. I already know that your services are in great demand. You come very highly recommended. Today's guest has brought us something quite special. People like horror. People like being scared. You have to try it. Yes. And it, it looks really good. There's a lot of actors in it I like. Uh, but there's also some characters in it we both like a lot. Ooh, yes. And, uh, that's... Frankenstein's monster and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Or at least that's who they look like. Yeah, they look like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe uh, maybe it's not actually them. Maybe it's a takeoff on those characters. But uh, it looks really cool regardless. Like, the, the trailer got me excited. I hadn't seen... You know, we haven't had a new season of that show in a while because of COVID. Mm. So uh, I, was, I was really disappointed when there wasn't a new season last... This past Halloween season, so... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. And it starts as April 1st? Pretty sure. Yeah. So it's just right around the corner. Creep That's show April's, season two. Is that April Fool's Day? It is. Oh, maybe it's not going to be April 1st then. It'll be like, ha August 1st, bitches. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny if that's like, you, you clicked on the episode, and it was just Greg Nicotero doing that. Mm-hmm. The same, it's like Psych. a 10-second, yeah, a 10-second clip of him just like, ha-ha, he's flipping you off. Like, like real funny. <laughs> Um, so I, I've got a couple things making me scared. Uh, most of them are just shout outs to listeners that, uh, we follow their careers and their output. So first is from, uh, Dr. Udru, who's a friend of the show and a really cool guy makes really great videos on YouTube. You should totally check him out. He has a newish video called weirdest werewolf transformations, five of the strangest transformation scenes from around the world. Hello horror fans, Dr. Udru here. Now when it comes to werewolf transformations, everyone talks about the best. An American Werewolf in London this, The Howling that, Rick Baker, Rob Bottin, Lon Chaney, Fish Wolf, Wolf Job, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, Spooky Scary. But today we're here to celebrate some of the lesser known dishonorable mentions. Let's take a look at some of the weirdest werewolf transformations in horror cinema. And it's just a really fun video uh, where he just shows other countries and, you know, some kind of off the beaten path werewolf movies and the strange ways that they have some transformations to include a, uh, a ballet dancer auditioning spinning around and she changes into a werewolf <laughs> as she spins. I think that's the howling part three. Um, oh. So some re- weird stuff, and we get a little shout-out for our classic YouTube video, Fish Wolf, 
gets a, <laughs> gets a little uh, name drop. So <laughs> Dr. Udru, definitely check him out if you haven't already and subscribe. And the other thing is actually kind of loosely related to the creep show um, mentioned is uh, Shudder and AMC, uh, when they announced the new season of Creepshow, they also buried in most of those articles and everything that they're going to have a new show for Shudder showcasing black talent in the horror genre. And a certain Miss Ashley Blackwell Mm -hmm. is going to be a uh, a consultant for it. So it was kind of ordered off the strength of that uh, documentary that she wrote and produced, The Horror Noir. And AMC was, like, really impressed with it and said, you know, we'd like to see more of these people making, like, an actual, like, narrative, you know, show. So that it's good. I w- can only imagine it'll be similar to Creep Show in the sense that it'll be anthology and new installments every every week, but it'll just be primarily black people making it. Yes. So um, shout out to Ashley. I'm super excited for her. She's really knocking it out of the park and involved in a lot of really cool things. So they don't have a title for it yet, but it's just kind of on the horizon and already ordered. So good to go. Uh, The last thing is a little obvious and it's old news, but the Gremlins Mountain Dew commercial, (laughs) I I, I like, I know it's just a Mountain Dew commercial and it's very frivolous or whatever, but I cannot tell you how much joy that brought me seeing that stupid thing just pop up in Zach Galligan back at it with Gizmo <laughs> and I, like I get the criticisms that the Gizmo puppet is a little off you know like if you read the comments on the YouTube it's like people are like his ears are too small and he uh, Hallie Mandel's voice has changed he doesn't sound the same and, and you know people are just so nitpicky and it's like it's a Mountain Dew commercial guys like this is not the real <laughs> Gremlins part right. three it's just a silly you know, hopefully it'll be like a little series of commercials and they'll have new Gremlins featured. And, but for now we've only seen Gizmo himself and a, uh, a new Mogwai that is apparently, um, Zach or Billy's daughter's pet Mogwai <laughs> who looks kind of like a hot topic, <laughs> you know, uh, pseudo punk rock Mogwai. So I didn't know his notice a change in his voice. I didn't really either. I thought it sounded great. It sounded like Bobby from Bobby's World, (laughs) which is Gizmo. Anytime anything goes online like that, like people are just waiting to trash it. So it's like, Mm. they should never have made this because it's not up to the standards I created in my own mind. Right. Like (laughs) the perfect thing that I've thought of, you know. And I, I was a little, just as a fan of Gremlins, a huge fan of Gremlins, like I was a little disappointed that Joe Dante wasn't involved, but I don't know if they came to him and he was just like, I'm not going to do a Mountain Dew commercial, guys. Come on. Like, I'm Joe Dante. Yeah. I don't know if it, just, it was simple as that or if maybe they consulted him and he quietly did some stuff and doesn't want to be, have his name on a Mountain Dew commercial. I mean, it might be as simple as that. So, um but yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it yet and you like, uh, you know, creature effects and puppets and obviously if you like gremlins. Um, and hopefully they kind of set it up as a series. It's So hopefully it's like the first installment and we'll get to see some more stuff shortly. I like I like how Gizmo has a little bit of gray in his fur. Yeah. Like he's gotten oh, older. Oh, does he? Yeah. I didn't notice yeah. that either. I, I noticed it. Um, so all these years he's been, he's been kept free from water. And he gets a little bit of Mountain Dew, and he just can't help himself. Well, I, well no. You go ahead, Jeff. Well, I guess not necessarily, because they, they do have other gremlins. So I yeah. guess he hasn't. Okay, never mind. Yeah, there's, 
There's like other Mogwais Mogwai. and the, the daughter looks like she's uh, like annoyed. Like you got him wet again. Yeah. yeah. How many like it's like a thing have to take care of. <laughs> yeah. Like people, uh, they blame Gizmo, you know, for uh, Gremlins part two and now this Mountain Dew commercial. Like he's, he's so careless, but like obviously Billy is setting him up for failure. Yeah. Billy left him alone in Gremlins two to get, you know, water on him in an office building alone. Mm. And now he handed him an open bottle of Mountain yeah. Dew. Like that wouldn't spill on him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you got, gotta give Gizmo a sippy cup. Yeah. <laughs> He's just gonna get it everywhere. Oh no. His hands are tiny. He can't yeah. even fully grip the bottle. <laughs> oh, poor Gizmo. He is just an angel. And then if you He's read so He's old. <laughs> He's just gonna drop it like air. <laughs> this one when you I am such a weirdo that I watched it with the captions on because I wanted to know exactly what Gizmo was saying. And uh when he is uh, multiplying when the the mogwai are popping out of him, he's saying too tasty. <laughs> he goes <laughs> like he's you know still oh, reveling no. in the the wonderful taste of Mountain oh. Dew Zero. Have so, they officially aired on television and stuff? Yeah, because apparently it leaked before it was supposed to. Apparently it aired on like an NBA bo- basketball game. <laughs> um, I hope they um, get Phoebe Cates to come back. I, I would love to see all kinds of stuff, like callbacks and everything, but I understand that it's, again, just a Mountain Dew commercial, so they may not have the budget to go as far as I would love to see it go. But um, And I hope that they keep it practical, because so far it looks like they're using puppets. Aww. So if they do gremlin, you know, actual gremlin characters, I hope they're also puppets and not cheap CGI or anything. But we shall see. It's got to It's got to take a turn, right? I'd say so. So far, yeah. they're cute mob wise, but you can't yeah. have a commercial like that without having the gremlins, yeah. right? Maybe they'll have uh, more flavors introduced. Maybe like some of the bad gremlins will be oh. drinking like watermelon dew. I think that's a new flavor that has <laughs> taken taken the streets. So nice. We tried that the other day. Was it, was it bad? Yeah. It's not great. It tastes like a. <laughs> Like a watermelon Jolly Rancher, basically. I had heard that and thought that sounded appealing, but I guess <laughs> you couldn't really drink that really other than just like a one-off thing, sort of. It sort of reminds me if you took a watermelon Jolly Rancher and you put it in a bottle of like regular Mountain Dew and let it kind of dissolve. Oh. That's kind of what it is. I, I, like. I think that sounds that's amazing. That's probably literally what they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just immediately gives you but, diabetes. Like, thank you. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. I like that voodoo flavor a lot, though. Ah, I did, too. I, I ended up buying several of those Halloween season. Well, that's what's making us scared. A multitude of things from all of us. Well, except for Jeff. He did the right thing. And <laughs> took the assignment the right way. But my next pick, because I, I like I like the role that we're on, because we've picked sci-fi horror so far. Those sci-fi and twinged uh, movies. And I'm going to try to pick things before 1980 this year. That's just a little thing I'm going to try to do. So we are going, we're swinging for the fences, Alien, 1979, Ridley yeah. Scott. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a little while since I've actually sat and watched it from beginning to end. So I, I just thought it was kind of something I wouldn't mind revisiting and checking out. And I couldn't help but think of it a little bit when we were watching Attack of the Block and how influential it is and everything. So uh, that is widely available, surely to goodness. Everyone can track that down somewhere. <laughs> Alien 1979, Ridley Scott, the next episode. And thank you, Jeff and Kia, oh, thank for you. recording. Or thank all the people that are listening. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. 
You can find us on Instagram at half Horrorcast, Facebook at half Horror, Twitter at H-A-Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at half at gmail.com or visit our website, half Horrorcast.com. Thank you.